Welcome to the Weekend Sports Buzz. I'm Kelly Patrick. Alongside my partners in crime, we have Mike Gandolfo. We will shortly be joined in studio by the lovely Ashley Miller. Very active weekend, Mike. It's the heart of college basketball season. Well, we've had uh, unbelievable conference games already. Uh, across the board, but of course, Kentucky going to overtime twice in their two SEC openers was a little bit of a shocker, and uh, Louisville had a, having great games with Wake Forest and Clemson, and a tough loss yesterday against North Carolina. God. Indiana getting a huge win yesterday. Huge win! I, I fully expect and anticipate we will be hearing from the truth on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln so. buzz line, 502-384-1450. We are the weekend sports buzz. We, I, we can confidently say, Mike, we're the number one sports radio show in this time slot in the city of Louisville in southern Indiana. We talk about all things in the world of sports. What that means today is we will be previewing tomorrow's national championship game in the inaugural year of the BCS playoff system. We have Oregon and um, Ohio State, so we know we got plenty of Buckeyes fans tuning in. Brian, the insider, I believe we'll be hearing from, is... uh, Although it seems to be a Louisville fan, seems to have some persuasion toward the Buckeyes, so I know he'll have some comments. Many feel Oregon's going to run all over Ohio State. We have we have that to jump into, and we've got plenty more. The Weekend Sports Buzz is brought to you by our man Brandon J. Lawrence. Brandon is the best personal injury attorney in the city of Louisville. We encourage you to give Brandon a call at 502-587-0041 to reach the best personal injury attorney in the city of Louisville. Mike, something that I've missed and I haven't mentioned at all is, oh yeah, we're in the middle of the NFL playoffs too. We are. We could take this in one of, or any of so many different directions. It's almost overload central here on the weekend sports bus this morning. We officially said goodbye to Saturday football games yesterday. No more Saturday football until for seven and a half months. Wow, that's an interesting, okay, you're right. Yeah, you know? I, I, I hadn't sat and thought about it that way. So, uh, we got... Two more. Uh, well, we got you know great football games today. Uh, the matchups. I thought the matchups yesterday were pretty entertaining until the end. Um, the 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 Panthers and um, Seahawks game seemed to be um, you know pretty pretty close. I mean, I, I think everyone predicted Seattle was going to win that. That'd be a tough one for Carolina to pull off. But the uh, New England Baltimore game. New England Baltimore looked like they had it. I mean, they they played a great first half and then. Just really folded in the second half of that football game yesterday. So it's a tough loss for them. At the end of the day, the teams that I would have picked to win won. Right. We had Seattle advancing. We have uh, New England. New England advancing. So is there an upset today? What are the matchups today? We got Denver going uh, going up against uh, who's Indianapolis. 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 And then we, go, of course, and that's always fun when you got Peyton going against the Colts. We got uh, Green and then Bay. You got Green Bay and, and Dallas. God, those are two great matchups. Yeah. Well, well, who's who's the favorite? Well, Green Bay and, and Denver have to be the favorites, right? I mean, have to. Green Bay at home. The way Andrew Luck looked against my Bengals last week has me giving Brian the insider some credit, and, and and it's not rocket science. Hell, Andrew Luck threw for forty touchdowns this year. Forty. He led the NFL in touchdown passes, but just watching him and his. Agility in his pocket poise. Andrew Luck appears to be, in my opinion, on pace to be one of the all-time greats. I know we're in an era where those type of terms are terms thrown are around a lot, yeah. thrown around in, in somewhat of a cheap fashion. But man, he is legit. Yeah, I mean, he looked really good. Uh, of course, I picked the 
Bengals in that game, and I was really wrong in that game. <laughs> but that's all right, you know. I was trying to give your Bengals a little love. Uh, but they they did look. They looked really. He looks really strong, and it's amazing too when there's not much of a running threat. How he's able to perform that well as a passing quarterback too. I mean, you, you thought no Ahmad Bradshaw meant yeah. You know, Colts will be in trouble. No. Yeah. Even though the Bengals have a legit pass rush, legit secondary, Andrew Luck was like, it doesn't matter. I'm going to take this game over. So this will be be a good game. Uh, I I mean, a a huge win for them if they could get the Colts, could get that win over Peyton and over the Broncos and move into the championship game. Uh, I'm picking the Broncos and the Packers, though. I don't really – I don't see the upset happening today. Okay. What do you think? God. That's tough. Let me. I mean, let's think. Let me look at these lines. Okay. Who, who's favored in the in the Packers? I don't have them in front of me. I can pull them up real quick. But I'm, I'm gonna know the Packers are. Green Bay's by six. Which, you know, again, we've talked all year about. Well, they're at home. They're in Lambeau. That's a totally different team at home than they've been on the road. Den- um, Denver by nine in in Denver. I don't like. I don't think either team covers. Maybe. Let's go with that. I don't know if either one of them cover, but I think they both win. That's fair. I think the the a big story here is can Tony Romo redeem himself? I'm constantly referring to the way our society and our our sports fan mentality likes to build people up. We like to build LeBron James up to being this great the next big thing, the king. I'm using right. LeBron James as an example. And then we love to tear him down. Right. And then he always has the opportunity to to regain that spot at the top of the pecking order. And I think Tony Romo has beaten down, been beaten down so low, especially when it comes to playoff football. Yes, whenever it matters. I mean, his on the field achievements have been so over, over overshadowed by the reputation that he chokes when it matters. That I think he has the potential for a bounce back. He's now paired with Demarco Murray, and obviously. Um, Des Bryant, who's proving to be a historic touchdown option, historically great touchdown receiving uh, wide receiver, and a defense that's legitimate. I think Tony Romo could win. I'm actually picking the the Cowboys to win today and and to upset the Packers at Lambeau. Jason Garrett has got to get a lot of respect for Coach of the Year this year. I mean, first off, for him to make the adjustments that they did on offense, to go back to taking some of the pressure off Romo and, and establishing that running game and then also for what the changes they made on defense and how they've turned that defense and done a complete 180 i mean it's not the best in the league by any means but they were so bad last year and uh they've just they've made they've put together a pretty a really good defense and um and you're right you know it's not just des i mean that the williams kid is a really good receiver they got i mean uh they got they got some they got some weapons on that team Ashley Miller joins us in studio. Are you there, Ashley? I am here. What do you think about the fro? Good morning. <laughs> What's that? She's got like a fro going on. Oh my goodness! I love that. Yeah. Nice. Thanks. God, I wish we could get. Let's get that up on our Twitter somehow. So we're doing all Erica Badu and Lauren Hill songs <laughs> coming in and out of the break. Uh, what about Jill Scott? All right, we can go with Jill Scott too. I okay. like Erica Badu though. She's yeah, she's just crazy, right? She is crazy. But she's crazy. She's unique. <laughs> She's an artist. <laughs> Many artists are a little bit strange. Strange, yeah. And that, that's in large They're part may, maybe what makes them so great. Yeah. Ashley, before we go all NFL all the time or all college football championship talk for tomorrow's BCS national championship game, 
What can we? I know you watched the cards game yesterday. Yeah, I and I made the mistake to record it and watch it again. Watch the torture again. It was good for thirty minutes. Yeah, we're actually going to head to a quick break. Be sure to stay tuned here to the weekend sports buzz. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the weekend sports buzz. I'm Kelly Patrick alongside my partners. Mike Gandolfo and the lovely Ashley Miller were coming at you from 10 till noon this morning talking all things in the world of sports. We encourage you to give us a call on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line, 502-384-1450. We're actually going to head to the Buzz Line now where we have our man Brian the Insider on the line with us. How are you doing this morning, Brian? I'm doing great, Kelly. Good morning, Ashley and Mike. How's everybody doing this morning? We're doing great. Good morning. Doing well. Ashley, I'd like to see your new hairdo. Uh-oh. I wish there was a little webcam. Uh, maybe we'll have to tweet it out. We'll have to do something like that. <laughs> well, hey, guys, I know there's a lot of stuff going on. I've been listening to the show. Busy weekend, but uh, it's always derby for me. And uh, we had a nice uh, derby prep yesterday out in Santa Anita, the Sham Stakes. It was won very impressively uh, by Calculator. First-time winner, right? First-time winner, correct. Uh, pick, he did pick up some other points in a derby prep. Uh, he scratched out of the juvenile, the morning of the juvenile, but very well-regarded. Uh, horse and uh, has now got 14 points, which puts him in a tie with Carp Diem at 14, and they just trail El Kabir, who has 21. What it, what's exciting about this time of year is that uh, within the next two weeks, three tracks are going to get their Derby prep season going. Next week is the LeCompte Stakes at the fairgrounds, and then that's followed up with the uh, Oaklawn Gets in the Act with the Smarty Jones on Monday, and then in two Saturdays, Gulfstream has their first derby prep with the Holy Bull, so it is starting to move along and uh, makes me very excited. Now, when do we go from, uh, right, right now we're, we're in 10-point races, when do we jump to the uh, the next point level? Uh, that's a good question. I think we're in this for a while. I'll have to look at that, but okay. uh, we still got quite a few more 10-point races going, and uh, uh, and this is the time where, as you know, Mike, a lot of horses really start trying to uh, you know get positioned for for later racing but right. you know but for those who follow the derby every year you know it's very conceivable that the derby winner has not run yet at any level so uh that happens i mean they'll come out of a uh you know a, a maiden race at the gulf stream very impressively or or oaklawn or typically south florida but uh we may not have even seen the uh 2015 derby winner hit the starting gate yet so it's exciting to kind of follow that and uh but uh, it's derby season in my mind sorry to interrupt you there brian february 21st it says fountain of youth at goldstring park is the first 50 point race which would be the next increment up from 10 okay so it goes 10 50 and then like to 100 is that right yeah, yeah yeah now the hundreds obviously the uh the bluegrass which will be interesting to see this year will be the first derby prep run on traditional dirt in Keeneland, so it may make uh, the bluegrass, Mike, what do you think, it would make that more of a uh, likely uh, spot for a derby winner to come out of? Maybe. I mean, we've had it uh, recently. I can't remember who was it, um, but it was, it's at the same time, it's such a short turnaround for these horses uh, anymore, you know, I just... Uh, uh, yeah, about to see. So, well, I think they moved. I think they moved it to the first. They did. I think they moved it to the first Saturday. They moved it a week. It was a three week, and I think they're really trying to make that uh, the bluegrass. I believe it's April fourth. April fourth. Yeah. So the first is, Saturday in well, April. Yeah. So that what, changes what, things. Every, I mean, changes yeah, things a lot. Yep, they moved it up a week, and I expect that to. And, and it makes a lot of sense. I mean, you can just make the short van ride over from Keeneland and uh, right to the right for Derby Week. So. Um, Boy, hey, I wanted to talk other sports today. Uh, 
here's my take on 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 Kentucky's situation. I, I really think that the Harrison boys are causing problems, not 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 attitude wise or anything like that, but their minutes are drowning out a lot of the talent. And I think when they're both in the game, Kentucky becomes much more of an average team. I cannot believe Eulis isn't playing more. Uh, and I just the ball stays in their hand, and all these five star lottery picks aren't touching the ball. What do well, you think about that? Eulis was a bad matchup for Ole Miss, and Ole Miss was really exploiting him. Uh, they were scoring on him at will um, when he was in the game, and, and you really just couldn't play him against Ole Miss. Uh, Texas a and I didn't get to see as much, so I was actually out working, and I was listening on the radio coming in and out, and so I didn't really get to well, see. It sounded like he got minutes uh, when it many, mattered. Not many, and, and I tell you what, he hits the big shot of the game. He did hit a big and, shot of the game. hit a huge three, right? So Yeah, but he didn't play much at all, and, and I, I, I think – you know, Kentucky really loses something when he's not on the floor. I, I you know, I, I think this is going to be a continuing problem for Cal because I don't think the Harrison boys are going anywhere. I, I, I think they think they are, but I think they're going to spend four years at Kentucky because I don't think they've got a lot of other options personally. I think it's like having two Reese Gaines in the backcourt, which I think is going to be a continuing problem, and, and it takes Kentucky's strength away from because especially in overtime, both of those overtimes, I watched the whole game, and both those overtimes – they just pass the ball to themselves, and, and very few touches go elsewhere. And I, I think that's what's making them look more medioc- medi- mediocre than uh, they need to be. And uh, I think it's going to be a situation that is going to continue to develop. I, uh, I got to go to the old – I actually went to the old Miss game. And uh, I was driving up with a guy, and the guy was like, oh, this is going to be such a blowout. And I was like, you know, uh, I, I, I've been saying on the radio for the last couple weeks, it's like a team that's going to challenge Kentucky is not going to be like one of these really great teams. It's going to be the mediocre team that they don't really get up for. And someone comes in with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder and plays them really tough. And I was like, and Ole Miss is actually a pretty good offensive team. Ken Palm's got them ranked higher than Louisville as far as an offensive team. And now, now we can talk about Louisville's offensive woes later. Um, but they came in and did exactly what I thought. You start hitting shots in Rupp Arena. And I told the guys, like, this this game really could be closer than you think. Now, I didn't expect for it to go to overtime. And, and literally think at, at one time that Kentucky was going to lose. Um I just, uh, I, you know, I don't know. I, I think there's you get the the January doldrums that you know happens at Louisville all the time, happens in Kentucky, and it's it's kind of like you're in the middle of this long season, and you just gotta, and you really can't see the light at the end of the tunnel, and it's just it's hard to keep their interest, I guess. And conference yeah. play is different. I don't care what anyone says. You know, that's what I got. We talked about this last week when Adam Himmelsbach was talking about Kentucky doesn't have anybody else left on their schedule that can beat them. They're going to go undefeated. Conference play is different. It's oh, yeah, yeah. And, and I tell you what, especially road conference play, we all know how well Cal's done at Rupp, and he's, he's done phenomenal, unbelievable. But he doesn't have any better records on the road than, than anyone else. And, and when you go on the road in a conference, uh, it's going to be tough. Ole Miss played fantastic. I tell right. you what, if, if, if the foul shooting would have been better yet, uh, yesterday, I think uh, I think they shot forty one percent against Kentucky from the line yesterday. Kentucky would have lost that game, so they're going to have some tough road games. Uh, but uh, obviously, they're still the, the team to beat. And uh, now I got uh, U.S. for twenty eight minutes yesterday. That's that's a lot of did minutes. He play, did he play that much? That's what I, it says. I, I stand corrected. I do not remember seeing him on the floor twenty eight minutes. But uh, uh, I like him. I think he changes the game for Kentucky. I think one Harrison's enough. Personally, I'm going to go to the game. Uh, Tuesday night, the Missouri game, 
Kentucky, so I can report next week and tell you what I personally see. But uh, I just think there's a problem there. I think they're getting too many minutes. Hey, real quick, I got to tell you, I, I like my uh, Buckeyes. Uh, I think they're going to win. Wow. Uh, you know, they have been underdogs uh, in their at least their last three games, substantial underdogs. And I, I got to point to something that I think is significant. They beat Wisconsin in the Big Ten Championship 59 to nothing, and Wisconsin turned around and beat Auburn. And I tell you, I think that is a significant development. I think the Buckeyes are clearly playing the best. I don't know a lot about, uh, you know, Oregon State, but, uh, you know. Oregon. I'm sorry, Oregon. Yeah, but they are. I know this. Oregon is missing. Their top receiver. Top the, the, receiver the guy yeah. who, who caught two touchdowns against, against Florida State. For smoking some weed. I tell you what, that's a bad <laughs> deal, man. I tell you, they got to get their act together in that. I think that's unfortunate, to be honest with you. I'd like to see them play their best players, and I'd like to see some consistency on the marijuana policy. What, 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 are, you, what are you suggesting, that they should they should uh, discontinue the testing? Yes, that's exactly what I'm uh, suggesting. Okay, well. There, there was a comedian that I was listening to in the Ricardo State who was talking about how pretty soon it's going to be completely legal to smoke weed everywhere and you can't smoke <laughs> cigarettes anywhere. So you're you're going to fake that you – no, officer, I wasn't smoking cigarettes. I was smoking weed, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. I tell you, uh, but I, I really think that uh, they stand a real good shot in that game and uh, I think that uh, – I think their third-string quarterback is the best one they've got. And I do think Braxton Miller ought to transfer somewhere. But uh, one last thing I want to point out. Yeah, have you noticed LSU got a big transfer yesterday, picking up the uh, Blakeney kid? Uh, they are quietly stockpiling a nice basketball program there at LSU, and it picked up a big transfer. And uh, I think they're the team to watch going forward in the SEC. I think they really can get to the point where they could challenge Kentucky, and maybe maybe it won't be Florida as Kentucky's biggest challenger in the SEC. But I, I really like what's going on at LSU. They got when you know Blakeney's huge, but the, the kid they the Ben Simmons kid they have is the best player in this class coming up, and yes, uh, it is. People don't realize. I mean, this kid is just uh, is unreal, and uh, the the only issue I'm going to go with this is that LSU's actually been recruiting at a pretty high level basketball wise for a couple of years now. They you know they've had uh, they had Jarrell Martin who's still there, Jordan Mickey. They've they've picked up a lot of good top thirty type players. Maybe not at this level that they're going to next year. Just doesn't seem like for some whatever reason they can put it all together on the floor, and I, hopefully that changes because uh, I, I would like to see LSU be competitive. I I go back to when I was a kid and Dale Brown was at LSU, and of course you know Shaq was there, and uh, and then right after yeah, Shaq, Chris was, Jackson, Chris Jackson, Refuse. Stanley Robertson. Yeah, they had some good talent. You're right. That's an underrated uh, coaching tenure for for Dale Brown. And then when you. Um, when, and then, of course, I remember 94 when Kentucky was down by 31 points in the second half and came back and beat LSU. I mean, there's always just been some good things. But you're talking about Craig Victor going to LSU, and he's another guy who was an elite high school talent. I mean, this guy uh, was uh, was on our radar for sure, and he, as far as the Derby Classic goes, um, and he's from that area, if I remember uh, correctly. So it's, it's going to be a huge pickup for them. Uh, for sure, to get a guy like Victor. But the problem is that all these guys are, besides Blakeney, but Jarrell Martin and and Jordan Mickey and Victor and Ben Simmons, they all play the same position. Yeah. So yeah. from the standpoint of going size to size, going up with Kentucky size, that then yes, I mean that that's going to help out a, a ton. Brian, hey, Mike, 
Oh, One I'm last sorry. question. I want to ask Mike something on the Kentucky situation. You know, Cal has done a fantastic job of keeping everyone happy. They're clearly not using the two platoon system. It, it, no, it, yeah. What do you hear? Is, is Marcus Lee or some of these guys that aren't getting any minutes? I mean, are you hearing anything? I mean, it's. I think it's been his best accomplishment is keeping everyone happy. As you can see from the situation at Arizona, obviously Miller didn't keep this kid happy. He transferred, but right. you don't see that. But I, I still think there's not enough minutes going around and too many minutes going to Harrison's. Are you hearing anything? I don't hear anything about transfer. Uh, Marcus Lee would uh, be really the only guy who's... I mean, because Marcus Lee played 12 minutes yesterday. Dakari actually is an interesting one to me because he's he's not playing a ton of minutes either. He only got 17 yesterday, but when he's out there, his production levels are off the charts. And then, uh, Can you imagine how many minutes he'd be getting if he was at Louisville? Oh, my I God. Mean, I like yeah. Dakari, but, he, but he'd, he'd be getting 40 if he stayed out of foul trouble. But, uh, but in some ways, it helps him. In some ways, yeah. it helps him because he's not exploited. So yeah. he's able to uh, – he, he's going to go straight to the draft this year. He's, he's one of the guys I think is definitely gone. I do, too. He looks good. He came back in fantastic shape. He runs the court great. Uh, but uh, anyhow, that's all I've got. Uh, I'm excited about the Derby season, and I look forward to listening to the rest of the program. All right, man. Thank Thanks you very much, Brian. Thank you. One thing, one thing we haven't got to, Ashley, is – and I was going to ask you before we had Brian on the line – is what are our takeaways from yesterday's loss to North Carolina? And the reason I ask it is obviously it's a disappointing loss. Louisville was ranked, I think, fifth. North Carolina, 18. It's a in-conference loss. But Chris Jones, Mr. Instagram, the guy who we don't shy away from talking about it, but he's had all sorts of on-the-court and off-the-court controversy, put up a big game. And it appears now... Three in a row. Yeah, three in a row. Other than the Kentucky game, Chris Jones is not only a good player, he's elite. Well, and it's also interesting that Patino had him on courtside, or whatever that show is that yeah. comes on at noon. Yes. Um, yesterday, and they were actually had some conversations about Chris Jones always being on his phone um, <laughs> on Instagram and Facebook and stuff like that, which I thought was hilarious um, that Patino was calling him out on that. Um, but takeaways from the game, I said after a Kentucky game that our defense was good enough to beat anybody in the country. Our offense was bad enough to lose anybody in the country. However, um, I think that I find peace in the game, in the loss, knowing that that will definitely, that, that loss will pay off in March. Sure, I, I, I believe that, and I'm not trying to be a, a glass-half-full type fan, which I think naturally I kind of am, but <laughs> I saw some good things out of uh, Shinanu. I did. Yeah, I, I really was impressed with Nanu, and I was really um, I was really impressed with that. I, I've continued to be impressed with Terry Rozier. Like, God, every that kid's single a stud. game, I just, I just love him. I think that he is, he's so professional. He's so like he, he's like one of those kids too that never gets too high or too low. He's pretty even, and I really like that out of a guard. Um, I wish that Chris Jones would act more like that, um, which obviously is not his genetic makeup. But um, yeah, I was really pleased. I am always really pleased. You know, at the end of the game, I wanted him to take the last shot. Yeah, I don't like. I, I don't ever. Wayne, I love Wayne Blackshear. I want you. Like I said, people joke and say he's my cousin and all but he never needs to take the last shot unless he's hit like the last five threes in a row he doesn't need to take that shot and even then I'd rather Terry Rozier take the last shot 
Always. And he played well. Blackshear played well yesterday. He did. But for him to take that last shot, I thought was so egregious. I, I, mean, I personally, in hindsight, yeah, it didn't work. But I'm a firm believer that you move the ball and you hit the open guy. And if he's on the court, he should be able to take that shot. And and statistically, he's a good shooter. Okay, well, he's I'm, always been a solid shooter when he's open. So I'm going to tell you right now, the coaches will tell you guys which guys are going to be open in the in the in the timeout. The guy was like, "This is who we got to be concerned with, and this is who we're okay leaving open." And there's a reason he was open. Wow, because he's not clutch. He's not clutch. You know, if. Uh, that shot was just it was it was surprising to me. I, I don't know, but my takeaways from Louisville's game is they had they actually played pretty well offensively yesterday, right? Forty seven and a half percent from the field, it's not sure. bad. Sure, they shot almost thirty two percent from three, and that's with Terry going one for seven from three point range and still hit six three pointers. They had a positive assist to turnover ratio. How many times have they done that this year? And had double digit assists. Which that hasn't happened a whole lot this year. Oh no, both both Jones and Rozier recorded five assists apiece. That's huge, right? The backcourt just looked pheno- they phenomenal at times. They really did. And I read, um, I was reading something actually yesterday, last night, where Patino put the loss on Harrell and Blackshear, and said they didn't show up in a big enough way, and especially I think. For the change in energy at the end of the game where they started, where, of course, North Carolina started to run. I think basketball is a game of runs. You expect that to happen. But at some point, you do expect the leaders on your team to, you know, pull the team together and say, hey, calm down. We're good. We're going to win this game. But I think everyone was kind of on their same page. But like I said, I think we grow from this loss. It stings because obviously we're up 13 points at one point. Yeah, it did sting. It, it, it appeared stings. It appeared I was flipping back and forth between Kentucky and, and Louisville. Yeah. And I almost said this is really Yeah, action. I was like, I don't even need to watch this yeah. game. I'll just watch the end of Kentucky game because it's more interesting. But you know what? Um, North Carolina comes to Yum Center. In a few weeks, and right. I think that's a totally different game. Sure, well, I mean this is I a road game sure in conference, and that's I a talented North Carolina team with a lot of McDonald's All Americans. Sure, I actually would venture to say they might be a little bit underrated, but I would call that we beat them by fifteen to twenty points. I would say that uh, wow. I think we've actually talked about this last week a little bit, but yeah, to me, North Carolina is the third or fourth most talented roster in college basketball. They've got uh, ten guys. They got six or seven McDonald's All Americans, but ten guys that were in the discussion. When they came out, for sure, and then they have uh, they. I, I'm not a big Roy Williams fan as far as the coach goes. So on the, court, <clears> you mean right? And but at the same time, I think um, I think that they pose a similar matchup problem for Louisville that Kentucky does with their length and their athleticism at that with that length. And uh, that was something that we kind of talked about. I thought we talked about last week at least. And you know, I. This was a to me was a very positive outcome for Louisville. I expected Louisville to lose this game and lose it handedly, and I thought they came out and played pretty well, um, and just had a, it was a tough matchup. So I'm not sure if I agree with Ashley about what's going to happen when North Carolina comes to Yum Center. I think Louisville could, has a really good shot at winning that game. I don't know. I still think it's going to be a very close game. Um, you know, I'm now worried for Louisville's for that Virginia Tech game because I think Virginia Tech is absolutely good enough to step up and beat them at home with a Buzz Williams. That program is kind of on the rise, and if they are overlooking Virginia Tech and looking towards Duke, uh, that could be a trap game. I would venture to say that Patino is not going to allow that to happen uh, because he's always like he does. I think he knows what we know. Our offense is not that good, and it's not that consistent. Our defense is the only reason we're in games, for the most part. It sounds like a football team, doesn't it? Yeah. To a point, except we always know that Patino's team struggle in January, right? 
And that's a good thing. Yeah, it is a good. You thing. know, it's a good thing for us. But I, I don't think we lose to Virginia Tech. Not that, not to knock Virginia Tech at all. But I think that coming off of, had we won this game, I would be worried more worried about Virginia Tech than I would be now. Like coming off of that loss, like he even said on the show yesterday, it was like um, looking at percentage. Teams like North, like North Carolina, just came off a loss in the game before Louisville. Um, to Notre Dame, like teams like North Carolina, Duke, Louisville, they don't lose two in a row, statistically speaking. So I, um, I would agree with that. I'm less worried about that now because now we have something to prove. It's like, okay, that sucked. Now we need to get our stuff together and move on. So I think, I think that we, I don't think we roll Virginia Tech. I don't think we're going to roll anybody in the conference, really. But um, I think that's a W. So we have Tuesday at the Yum Center against Virginia Tech. Buzz Williams, this. Coach of Marquette for six years now with Virginia Tech, so we get to continue that coaching rivalry to some extent. One of which, the, one of the funniest guys in college basketball, mannerism wise. I mean, just, no, just like is he funny? Is he you, funny in like person? If, if you're at one of these recruiting events, like you try to purposely sit really close to. What's so, what, tell me, please do tell. Well, What's I mean, so funny about? I can't him? really tell. He's just telling stories and jokes the entire time. Really, and so those you're at those events for like 10, 11 hours, and so they can get kind of old and boring. But he, he spices things up. He spices up. it up, yeah. Wow, I love to hear that. We are the Weekend Sports Buzz. We encourage all our listeners, anybody out there who wants to get in on the talk, whether it be NFL football, the Cowboys and Packers today, um, or, or any of the talk that we're discussing this morning. Rex Ryan just hired by the Buffalo Bills. Anything you want to get in on. Louisville basketball, Kentucky basketball. Um, we, we got the, the NBA going on. Anything you want to chime in on, give us a call on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line, 502 502- 384-1450. The Weekend Sports Buzz is brought to you by Brandon J. Lawrence, where J stands for justice. Give Brandon a call, 502-587-0041, to reach the best personal injury attorney in the city of Louisville. We are going to head to a break. Be sure to stay tuned here on 1450 WXVW. We will be back with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Mike Indolfo here with Kelly Patrick and Ashley Miller. This is brought to you by Brandon J. Lawrence, where the J stands for justice. Call Brandon for all of your personal injury needs. The best uh, personal injury attorney in the city of Louisville. Get hit by a tarp bus or whatever happens, you know, just give him a call. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Every time you all say that, um, I want to add in, like, personal injury attorney to the stars. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> right? Hey, well, does he take care of your personal injury needs? Is that what's going on? Well, I haven't had a personal injury lately. But, but he would. Yeah, he would. You yeah. know what's amazing is that the number of people who I mention – when I'm talking about my show during the course of my regular week, I come across people all the time who know Brandon. Yeah? Yeah, I do. I feel like Brandon's like the infamous mobster. Like. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, I, he's, I mean, I, before I ever met him, what, a couple couple years ago, um, I had seen his face on the back of, I believe it was a semi, maybe on a billboard. So Seriously? I, rec- I recognized him before I had seen him. <laughs> Is he just call Saul? That type of... That kind of fame within the city? Mm. I don't even know who that is. So Saul, I guess Saul from Breaking Bad. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about a Louisville thing. Uh, uh, I don't know. Maybe. So We appreciate Brandon allowing us to be on the air. Hopefully, he'll call in today. We'll get to hear big day for him as his Cowboys are matching up with the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, I've got to check the system on that one. I would love to hear what the system has to say about it. The system, yeah, we we always need to know the system's input on them, so for sure. I was uh, telling you during break, though, this time next week I will be in Springfield, Massachusetts, watching Louisville commitment Donovan Mitchell play, um, who actually tips off in like 15 minutes from now next week. 
I'm um, real excited. Get to see, get a look at these some of these uh, guys. We get to see Donovan Mitchell. Get to see Isaiah Briscoe, who's a Kentucky commit. Steven Zimmerman, Kentucky uh, target. Ben Simmons, the kid going to LSU. Jalen Brown, a Kentucky uh, target. We get to really get after and look at these guys. Uh, it's a it's always a big weekend for the Derby Classic next weekend when we're in Springfield, Massachusetts, doing a little basketball recruiting. How good is Donovan Mitchell? Uh, I like him a lot. I you, mean, you like him a lot. I mean, what what caliber? Is he maybe a, a Terry Rozier level impact player? He uh, he definitely has the capability of being that kind of player. He's it's the, he's a New York kid, which always Patino does really good with, right? You know, you like he always seems to uh, enjoy having those New York kids on the on the team. Uh, but he is a really good scorer. He's an elite scorer, actually, in my opinion, and he can score in a lot of different ways, like Terry can. Um, he's probably to me, Terry's a better. As far as his point guard skills, Terry's point guard skills and Terry's defend, uh, defender, you know, he's a better defender than uh, Donovan Mitchell is. But, you know, Patino has a way of putting that into people, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Or, or or you just don't make it. Right. He didn't. He just doesn't play you and you transfer. But he's also coming from a very good program with a, his, their, their coaches uh, does an excellent job. And um, I think uh, I think Donovan will be a really good three-year, four-year fit at Louisville. Okay. So in the world of recruiting, while we're on that topic, what else is is significant out there right now in the world of basketball recruiting? Uh, well, we had, uh, you know, I think we're still in kind of a wait and see thing for a lot of these guys, waiting to see who comes and who goes uh, as far as as far as who's leading to the NBA. And these guys are looking for their best uh, place to fit into, right? Uh, we did have a big commitment this week, Carlton Bragg, who's a five star. Recruit power forward picked uh, Kansas over Kentucky, uh, which was not a shock for anybody. I think no, no Kentucky, no one really thought he was going to Kentucky in the first place. So uh, we got a caller on the line, Kelly. We actually do, um, Ashley. You'll be very glad to hear. Yes, that we know. Oh. Who this is. Oh my goodness, we should get him his own intro music. Almost, I mean, Absolutely. he seriously needs the intro music filled but, with fire. I believe we're going to head to the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line five zero two three eight four fourteen fifty, and we have what I assume is a very energetic Hink on the line with us. How are you doing this morning, Hink? Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, I'll use that uh, that very loose when I say ladies. Oh, I, about. I thought we were friends. <laughs> We still are, baby. I mean, I, you know, on a personal level, it's all good. But, you know, on the radio, it's more. That's how it is. But I, I, I understand why they probably uh, accuse you and Wayne Blackshear of, of being cousins. Probably because he's always using eyelash. <laughs> your makeup and all that. I mean, because that's what he looks like, a, a girly man. But let, let's talk about this game. Congratulations to the Almighty and the Great Wildcats. You know, not every team in the state won yesterday. <laughs> not every team could say that. But there is one team, and they're the only team that did win. And that's the only one that really matters. We all know that. I mean, Louisville fans want to deceive themselves and think they're something that they're not. You're not good. Montrez Hill, <laughs> player of the year, candidate, ACC first team, you ain't jacked, dude. You are terrible. I mean, you don't show up in the big games. When your team needs you the most, you're supposed to be a leader. Why don't you holler and yell and scream and pound your chest while you're scoring points or getting rebounds or doing something to help your team win instead of doing it or watching somebody else hit a three-point, then you won't pound your chest for you, bringing the unwanted attention to yourself. And you're a selfish, 
sorry, bastard type player. That's what you are. You're not good. You're not real. Now I'm, I'm gonna give. I'm, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna give a little player some credit because he's good and he's real. And that's Terry Rozier. He played. He did what he had to do. Try to help his team win. Unfortunately, he doesn't have a team to help him win. He got a bunch of scrubs like Blackshear, Chris Jones, uh, any any four or five of them sorry centers y'all put in the middle at the five spot. I mean, they just they just dead beats. I mean, they they like a man who don't pay child support. That's that's what that's what them, the center is position for y'all a, a deadbeat parent. <laughs> because you, you get nothing out of them. You get nothing out of them. They're worthless. Matter of fact, the whole team worthless besides my man Terry Rozier. Now I'm gonna give him much credit because he's a good player. He plays with heart. I I, I like him. He's a scorer. He's got tenacity. He got a certain edge about. I like I like Terry Rozier. So that's the only player I'm gonna give y'all credit for this year. But the rest of them bums, they can go to hell. I wouldn't want them on my team. They couldn't even make my squad. They couldn't even make my squad. My Trace Harold, stop 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 bringing attention to yourself. And you ain't doing nothing to help your team win. We know every time it's a big game, and when a grown man is guarding you, you can't show up. You can't do what you need to do. North Carolina uh, punked you yesterday. Punked you, treated you like a girly man. That's what he treated you like a girly man. So now I think I think the next one is going to probably want to start with uh, Atlanta and Barnes Mashley. It's probably my trans hurl. <laughs> he might as well go and get them. them, them he might as well go and get his hurl with some burgundy tips, like that football player y'all got that Malden. He might as well go and get some burgundy tips too, because he's a girly man. He lives that. He lives that alternative lifestyle. We know what that is. The man's a he's scrub. He's not ready for big time. Now, I tell you who's ready for big time. You want to know who's ready for Devin Booker. He is, man. He's a big time player. He's big this That guy week. came and balled yesterday. That, that guy came and, and, and pulled us out. Now, I like to see him get a lot more playing time. I understand why he don't because he says, you know, it's in between, uh, in between the position of platoon and everything because we're bringing in five. I'm going to be bringing in four and we need that fifth man. I like to see him be the fifth man. You know, to stay on court. Put him at the three if we have to. I like to see that. I think he could do it. You know what I'm saying? Because the way he bought yesterday, he deserved more minutes. Now, I tell you who who also don't deserve moments is Andrew Hearn. He's struggling right now. I don't know if it's a mental thing. I don't know what's going on. Now, I heard he said somebody had problems with his hip. I, I, I don't know. I mean, he looked like he was a little gimpy. He looked like he twisted his ankle a little bit yesterday. But I don't know if that's all part of the hip thing or the ankle thing or what. You know, I, I think right now, it's not, not that he's doing physically. I think mostly Andrew's problem is what's going on between his head. And what I do hate is where a lot of Kentucky fans, and a lot of fans period of basketball, when they say the twins, they say both of them are bad. No, they both don't have damn days at the same time. Just because they're twins don't mean everything's the same. Don't mean all the automatic quit to a bad game just because of twins. One has a bad game, one has an all right game. One has a good game, one has an all right game. I mean, it is what it is. So you, you should. I hate when we people, when our Kentucky fans mostly lump them together and they talk about them as a whole, as a one person. They're two individuals. So judge and, and critique them as that. They're two individuals. Now, Aaron had a had a had an all right game. He had an all right game. He wasn't he wasn't hit from the three like he should. But at, at there was points in the game at towards the end of the game in that first overtime, he hit that big three. He hit a big three for us. That even took us in overtime to even get us close enough for uh, Trey Lyles to the opportunity to shoot them two points. Now, what I was pissed off was about our free throws. We got to hit our free throws. At critical moments, we missed free throws. And Trey, and Trey, and, and Trey Lyles, 
That's not common for him. He missed two free throws. I mean, that, the game would have been over. But he hit, he missed two free throws. I, I, I don't understand it. But I give him credit. After that first overtime, he hit them two free throws that was critical. He hit them two free throws. But our team, I think this was going to hurt us more than anything. Not that the team could shoot a lot of threes, because we, we could adjust to that. But when it comes down to hitting our free throws, because we like to take that ball in the paint, because we got some big bodies, and they take it to the paint. But these big guys got to hit the free throws, you know, like Willie Collinstein, Carl Towns. The car did pretty good. I give him credit. He did pretty good. But, you know, other guys you expect to hit free throws, like Andrew, Aaron, Trey Lyles, you know what I'm saying? Guys like that, you got to hit your free throws. And if they don't, it's going to cost us games. But, unfortunately, you know, we had a good coach, had a good strategy, good plans. We was able to pull it out. It was a hard-fought game. We're down at tate and It was a hostile environment. But guess, guess what? At the end of the day, we took our business. I read up. Barely win, then barely lose. Louisville sucks. At the end of the day, y'all have a great one. All right, Hank. So uh, that you, is good stuff. I mean, I hate to say, I hate everything he said about the cards, but he's bringing that Kentucky fan perspective on the line, and and, and that's oftentimes not here, not represented no. here here on the weekend sports was five zero two three eight four fourteen fifty. If you're a Kentucky fan, we'd love to hear from you. Five zero two three eight. Mike love to hear. I feel like Hank is enough. Five zero two three eight four fourteen fifty. If you're a Louisville fan and you want to defend. Montrez Harrell. I mean, those are some serious allegations that Hink threw out there <laughs> in calling everybody on the team a girly man except Terry Rozier. Wow. Well, I mean, he, in some ways, though, Montrez has not shown up really that much in the big games, he, right? He didn't yesterday. Did he show up really against Kentucky? Did he have a great game against Kentucky? He did not. And uh, it's... I don't know how much of a concern it is. I mean, because those teams are going to game plan for him, right? And that's what they're going to try to take away. And Sure. I mean... I mean, I think that only makes sense with a player. Like when you have a standout on a team, you're definitely going to prepare for that person. How how bad was Montrezl Harrell's game yesterday? He played 38 minutes. He was four of ten from the field, one of two from the line. Fortunately, he didn't shoot any threes. Five rebounds, one assist, one steal, one block. So that's not very good. I mean, three, that's, three him, that's not very three good. Three turnovers. You can say Shinanu, and he did. Shinanu Anuaku. Outperformed Montrez Harrell yesterday. Had more rebounds, shot the ball better, more. Um, he had two blocks to, to Montrez's one block. He had eight points to Montrez's nine points. So that's basically a wash. But when you consider that he's doing that on three for four out of the, from the floor, as opposed to Montrez, who's, you know, Montrez going four for 10 when he's really was only shooting right around the basket. Yeah, he shot a couple of like free throw lines. Right. But he needs to, I mean, four for 10 is not a good percentage for him. He needs to be. Closer to sixty percent, considering the shots that he's taken. You agree with that? I agree. Yeah. Oh, he, he, he underperformed yesterday. No, no question about it. And on a big stage yesterday, Montrez did not show out. I don't. Th- that doesn't concern me about his ability in March, though, which is what matters. And we look at this as a, a artistic. Uh, painting or whatever you call it, Rick's working on during the season that he uses the regular season for. Montrez will be there when we need him come March. Maybe. You hope? I mean, uh, is this the first, I mean, was he the primary focus of scouting reports last year, do you think? Or do you think people were more concerned with Last Russ? year, yeah, because two years ago he, he showed out in the tournament. And, and, and yeah, I think that, that scouting reports, yes. But he wasn't the offensive focal point that he is now. 
that he is this year. But I'd say Terry Rozier has adequately, in a more efficient manner even, yes. filled the void of, of, Russ, of, of Russ. I agree with that. Is that an overstatement, Ashley? Nope. Terry Rozier is a legit player. Where will he go in this draft? Uh, he'll be a, like a top 15 pick. How will he do in the league? My only concern with him, um, I mean, he's certainly athletic enough. Uh, he certainly plays defense well enough. He seems to have the, 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 the mind and the temperament for it as much as anybody I can remember especially, watching. Especially for the grind. You know, the, you can't get up and down too much in that day, that grind of 81 games or 82 games or whatever. Uh, he's probably a little undersized for where he'll play because he's probably – he could probably fill in minutes at, at an NBA point guard, but he's really he's a two-guard, right? And so being six one, still a little on the you small side. You think he's side. a two-guard? I don't in the in the NBA. I think that this era of NBA point guards, he will fit in nicely at a point guard. I do. I I, I personally foresee that. Um, I think that this is a very extremely deep era of point guards in the NBA. If you want to excel in the NBA, go be a point guard. Yeah. I mean, we could try to rank, and I've done it multiple times. With we talked about it last week on the show. Yeah, I do it all the time. It seems is my favorite pastime right now is. Let's rank the best point guards in the NBA. And you because... start with the Kentucky kids, and then you just go to the ones that Coach Calipari's had in the first. You know, so Derrick Rose, Derrick Rose, John Wall, you know, Rajon Rondo. We'll just throw all those guys out there. Russ right. is on the move, by the way. Did you see that? Russ got traded. Yeah, yeah. Memphis going to Memphis in the same trade that takes uh, Potation in Boston. So there you go. So it's all all in the same trade. Tayshon going to be a Celtic, and uh, Russ is going to be a. Going to, going to Memphis. Anything moving the lead, the needle in the NBA these days? Besides Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins? <laughs> Mike. No, they're, they're great. No, they are great, Anthony yeah. Davis, I'd say, has a legitimate claim to be MVP right now. Still. He, he's, his star has somewhat um, became less bright as far as his big-time big performances statistically. But individually, I would say he's... I may choose him going forward. Over Isn't it amazing? I mean, how he was... He was a good offensive player when he was at Kentucky, but he obviously had a lot to work on. But how, isn't it amazing just to see how smooth of an offensive player he is now? I mean, to me, it's 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 unbelievable the amount of work and effort he's put into just developing his offensive game and to where he's Kevin Durant-esque, isn't he not? Yeah. I mean, it's it's amazing. It really is. And he, and he can block shots. He's he's almost a different element of a Kevin Durant-type player because he's a center. Yeah. He's a legit center. He can block shots. He can run. He can hit free throws. I mean, he, he's he's everything. What about the Knicks blowing things up? The Knicks are done, obviously. Phil Jackson is a winner. Everybody respects him as a winner. He let J.R. Smith go to the Cavs. The, the Cavs also gained, and it's difficult for me to follow all these big European guys, but they got a big center... They picked him up, and the Cavs are acquiring just this, which always happens around LeBron or superstars like that, just this collection of talent. And it'll be interesting to see how it works with J.R. Smith. Obviously, got to be in the plans to be a, coming off the bench. Yes. But Nick Nick's fans want to get rid of J.R. Smith for a long time. Sure. I mean, this guy is uh, not loved in New York, to in my eyes, at all. And uh, to me, that's it was a great move. They're really trying to make sure... You know, if they're they're going to have some cap space freed up next year because they're going to lose Amari's contract. They're they're looking somewhere like they could have somewhere in that twenty five to thirty million dollars worth of cap space next year. S- sorry to cut you off there, Mike. We're actually going to have to head to a break right now. Be sure to stay tuned. We'll be back with more of the weekend sports buzz.
Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Kelly Patrick, Mike Gandolfo, the lovely Ashley Miller here talking all things in the world of sports to you from 10 until noon this morning. It's 11 o'clock, and what that means is we have the most popular radio or television segment in the area, and it's none other than Ashley's Loco Cinco. Some of the people out there like to call it Ashley's Crazy. That that is what I'm sorry. That is what the kids are saying. So, with no further ado, Mike, you got this, or I, uh, Ashley's I remember, crazy. I remember when I can't. I'm not gonna do anyone. No. Oh, I was so excited about it. <laughs> do you think I'm crazy? No, Kelly. I mean, no, nothing. It's true. No, you all are both fired. Oh, the, the, we're having a little bit of difficulties with bringing up the actual audio of the. Ashley's Loco Cinco or Ashley's Crazy intro music, but that doesn't mean we can't talk Ashley's Crazy. No, Ashley's no by, by all means. Well, I do have um, five stories for you. Nice. Story number one is a funny, kind of interesting story, but uh, former NFL star Sean Merriman has been very pissed off by some 16-pound balls. <laughs> Why? Um, the ex-linebacker has just declared a legal war on a bowling company called Storm, which um, has several different bowling products on their website, including a ball that has the words Lights Out on it. So Merriman claims that he owns the trades- trademark to Lights Out, the nickname that he's had since high school, and demanded the company stop selling the balls immediately. Um, in a lawsuit filed in California, Sean claims the company refused to comply with his demand, so now he's asking a judge to force him to pull the balls from the cyber shop, and he's demanding more than $2 million in damages. Wow. So, um, so he is suing them. He wow. is suing them for $2 million, and they, at this point, are not talking. So my question for you guys is, can you own and copyright a nickname like that? Yeah. Legally, you can. Yeah. And un- unfortunately, no... Uh, no offense to any attorneys out there. Unfortunately, uh, things like that uh, clog up a lot of the legal system that that may be better spent, in my opinion. I mean, you know, does this matter? Lights out? No. The, I mean, in the big him. scheme of things. If he, that's, I guess that's his... Um... If, he, if he has a legal trademark for it and says no one else can use it, then yeah, legally he has the right to, to it. But well, what, I mean, what about me? In, co- <laughs> in college, um, in high school, actually, ever since I've been playing basketball, like my teammates always call me Millie Time. Can I sue... A beer company? Have you had that trademarked? No, I would imagine. No, uh, they could treat, sue you, actually. They could sue me for yeah. some people calling if you, me. If you profited it off of it. Miller Lite or Reggie Miller probably yeah. has a very serious, uh, in there. the process of some lit- litigation against you. Yeah. Pending litigation. I love this. I would love to see a Sean Merriman commercial with him bowling a strike and then doing the lights out dance. Sure, why not? Be, why not come together? Everybody be it happy. It would be awesome. Sure, you know, John Merriman for as brief as his stint was at the top of the league as a, uh, I hate to say it, but people considered him to be one of the maybe heir apparents to a uh, Lawrence Taylor type, right? The freakish athlete. At, one, at one point, an outside linebacker who could really rush the quarterback for San Diego, who for a few se- a few seasons was at the top of the league. His likeness is valuable, so why not come together? Why not make all ends meet and bring it together and make the the bowling ball company some money along with Sean Merriman? Merriman, as many former NFL players have to know, I mean, you got to find some ways to make money. 
I, I don't envy those guys necessarily. I think Merriman's done some commentary work. I think maybe he does a radio show. But he he's done some other stuff, too. He's really cashed in on his celebrity. But but you got to make some money somehow. So, yeah, this is what you resort to when, when it's all said and done. If uh, Johnny Manziel can do a commercial where he's in aerobics gear. Which I love. I love that. I love that commercial also. <laughs> I love that he is willing to do that. <laughs> Right, he's I agree. A funny guy. I, that that makes me think he's he's got a sense of humor. If you're willing to get dressed up like and Richard clearly. Simmons, Richard Simmons, and just do the, I mean that's that's good stuff. Is he a good NFL quarterback? No. no. Am I am I uh, bullish on his? Um, you just want to party with him, and you're jealous. I just want to party with him. Kelly, just relax. Okay? I just want to have some drinks with him, and then just go do some aerobics or something. I just want to really get down with Johnny. That's awesome. Story number two. Story number two. Um, and this actually goes out to you, Kelly Patrick, because it sounds like one of your um, drunken nights um, <laughs> without any alcohol, so we say. Anyhow, former Miami Dolphins player Robert Conrad. Oh, God, I um, love this. Apparently fell off of his boat trying to catch a fish. Well, the story says, basically, they we found the police report. He... Um, he swam nine miles Gosh. to shore. A 38-year-old explained he had hooked a fish and he lost his footing and fell overboard. Um, so the report says Conrad reached land. He approached an officer who was working a security day around 4.42 a.m. wearing only jockey shore underwear. Um, emergency responders were called to the scene to treat the former player um, who was then transported to a nearby hospital. Um, his boat was eventually re- recovered and was in good good repair, um, and he's been released from the hospital. But he literally fell off the boat and swam nine miles to shore. That is so impressive to me. It's unreal. I would like Very to shake. Much. I'd like to shake that guy's hand. I, I've I, for exercise before. I've swam swam. In a pool, in a very controlled environment, controlled temperature. If the temperature is wrong, I would get out and complain to the to the um, to the people at the YMCA. But I've swam two miles before, and that's not easy. That burns a ton of calories. So my but question, to do nine miles, if he got to the shore into the cop around five or four forty in the morning, I wouldn't. I wonder how long it took him to swim nine miles. Well, supposedly, I thought he was in the water for like 10 hours. For what? I thought he was... They Something like 10 the, hours. He yeah, he didn't get home till. I think he didn't get home till 5 a.m. Or <clears throat> to shore. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, that was... Go back, I guess. It, it put him in the... That he was in the water around 7. This, this, this story gets my vote. Because this guy's a former athlete. He's out there doing his thing. Was there alcohol involved, Ashley? They didn't say. But you're assuming. That's why you tied it into something that would happen. He's pretty to- dumb on his yeah. part if he's on a boat in the middle of the ocean. Drinking, drinking by, himself. by himself. Yeah, well, I mean, but, I mean I people do stuff like that. Dumb to be on the boat in the middle of the ocean by, by yourself. Period. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> yes, right. Clearly, clearly something alcohol. went wrong. Clearly. God. I mean, he fell off. Supposedly, he fell off and he was close to his, his, his boat and he just lost... He just wasn't quite close enough. You know, I saw a movie yesterday in the theater. Well, I thought it was like, Unbroken. Yeah. Oh, how was that? That was great. I'm yeah. going to go see And that. it involved a 45-day um, experience with these guys. Were Don't a true tell story. the story. I'm not, okay. Well, the story's well known. <laughs> but, but, but they were stuck at sea for 45 days, and they survived. Uh, no comment on who survived. But regardless, um, <laughs> it was a great movie. So I, that, that ties into my... My overall last couple days theme because I love this story. This mm-hmm. Robert Conrad, former fullback for the Dolphins, so he's an athlete. 
Who knows how much he swims? I mean, how, I'd like to hear how far was the furthest he has ever swam swim in his life. Yeah. yeah what no. if he couldn't swim? That, I mean, that's just, it's really impressive. This reminds me of, have you all ever seen the YouTube video, um, Scarlet Takes a Tumble? No. Well, you should look it up. It's funny. Um, story number three. <laughs> Scarlet Takes a Tumble. Did, please, we should look it up or you, you want to tell us it about it? It's a funny story. Does it involve or, water? It's a video. It does not involve water. It involves um, Just, kind of a big girl tumbling <laughs> off of a table while she's singing. <laughs> But I'll I, I just envision something like this happening. I will. Them. I will definitely look that up. Okay. Um, <laughs> Mike's looking it up right now. Yes. Story number three. Uh, Jay Z is adding boxing to the list of sports for his Rock Nation Sports Empire, and he just signed super middleweight champ uh, Andre Ward. Yep. Uh, Ward, who's twenty-seven and zero, recognizes one of the best pound-for-pound fighters in the world. Uh, he announced this week, um, it's official, next chapter, happy to be part of the Rock Nation family uh, on social media. Um, it seems like a good union for both parties. Um, however, Jay-Z was not so lucky in um, tying down Adrian Bronner, your party boy, Kelly. Um, but apparently, a three-time world boxing champ fiercely attacked Jay-Z for what he says is a highly insulting offer to join Rock Nation Sports. Really? Um, they offered him $40 million for five years. and God, that is so bizarre that that is considered a slap in the face within the world of boxing. In MMA or NBA or anything else, it wouldn't be. That would be like, that's a legit contract. Adrian Bronner's not Floyd Mayweather. He's not even close. He's not even close. But not only does he say that it's it was a disrespectful and insulting offer, he goes on to say that Jay-Z can suck his blank um, and then also took a shot at Rihanna saying because she's a part of a Rock Nation family saying she could go F herself and that the only thing she was good for was boop. What? So Adrian, he's been partying too much. Like it's messing with his brain cells. I don't know where boxing gets all their money. I mean, it seems so irrelevant now. It seems so irrelevant here in the Midwest America, but people do care about it in places like California and Arizona and New York and overseas. There's plenty of people who tune in. I, I, I love boxing. You know, I host with Gary Thomas the Knockout Hour every Sunday from 9 till 10, and we talk about MMA and boxing specifically. But you're right. The, the, the substantial or the, the, the definite amount of money that we know is given to it is got to be indicative of something. And Adrian Bronner's net worth right now is estimated at $3 million. So how is this a slap in the face? Exactly. He's he's a fool. He's a fool. I like him. He's from Cincinnati, so he's as close to a hometown sensation as there is out there. But he's, I mean, he he fought against Pauli Malignaggi uh, within the past year. And during the fight, he made it like a humping motion on him. Seriously? (laughs) Yes. So this guy's an idiot. He's an idiot. Who is he fighting? Pauli Malignaggi. Wow. How do you... Mm. (laughs) Right. He's from he's from Brooklyn. He's a good commentator, also similar to Andre Ward. But the, I love this story, Ashley, and this will be a very difficult, difficult Ashley's Ashley's loco cinco because I do love and Mike, you happen to actually sit in on some of the knockout hour this morning. I did. We got to talk a little bit about Andre Ward signing with Jay Z's Rock Nation, and that that is a big story in my eyes. Andre Ward is. Everything that Adrian Bronner is not inside the ring, Andre Ward is. Andre Ward says all the right things. He's very well-spoken. He's a, uh, uh, the most recent American gold medalist 
And he's signing with Jay-Z. I love the marriage, and I hope it brings many years of increased exposure and success for the guy right behind Floyd Mayweather in the pound-for-pound rankings, according to most. Hmm. Story number four. Finally, some good news for Michael Sam. He's engaged. Oh. <laughs> so apparently all this this happened in Europe where um, Yay. football players have been vacationing with his college sweetheart, Vito. Um, Is his name really Vito? Same, guy, Vito? same guy that he was kissing on draft night? Yes, Vito Camisano. <laughs> Thank God. True love is still alive. It is still alive. So Vito just didn't like Michael Sanford's potential earning potential. So. Apparently, they're really in love. It's, but, it's, it's um, true love, Mike. Be quiet. <laughs> it's We don't know who asked who, but um, one of Vito's friends who was on the University of Missouri swim team with him um, congratulated the couple on their engagement on Instagram, and um, obviously Michael Sam liked her post, so they're saying it is an official thing. Um, Sam apparently has raved about his relationship with Vito, and they even traveled together to St. Louis and to Dallas when Michael was working out for NFL teams. So um, that's like a thing. That is. That's, and I joke about it, and I don't mean to sound insensitive, but that is great. I, I think there's the guy who played for Western Kentucky, now plays for... Derek Gordon. Rutgers? Uh, uh, no, UMass. UMass, okay. Played in the Derby Classic. Played in the Der- Derby Classic. First openly gay college Division One athlete that I know of. Mm-hmm. Uh, I shouldn't say that. Male, right? Male. Male, yeah. openly gay. He came out after he left Western. Um, Western Kentucky, by the way, got a huge win yesterday also. We didn't even mention that yet. We did not. Top 25 win for them. I wonder if there was any controversy in it. I've just grown to realize that Ray Harper is not the most well-liked guy within the the, the the coaching circles out there. Am I wrong by saying that, Mike? I'm sure you've worked with him. I like Ray, but he's uh, he definitely rubs some people the wrong way. So. Because of his dirty on-court tactics? Or is there dirty recruiting that goes into it also? No, Let's I don't get think, the inside scoop here. I don't think he's a dirty recruiter, but he's a... Uh, he does, he, he, he's a competitive guy, so he rubs people the wrong way sometimes. Is he as funny as Buzz Williams? No. Is anyone as funny as Buzz Williams? Mm. You are. Yes. I am okay. Not in college basketball. <laughs> okay, that's what I meant. Coaching coaching yeah. candidates. Or coaching head coaches. Okay. Well I know that the, the, the a lot of the allure to our show is actually all the insight you have about your playing career and your uh pageantry success and your political um career and everything. And Mike, you bring the, the inside info regarding recruiting and everything. So it's a perfect marriage in so many ways here on the, the weekend sports buzz every Sunday from 10 till noon. Dun, dun, so dun, dun. I appreciate the... Ashley and I are not getting married, by the way. Just the... These... <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, anyway. But Michael Sam is. Story yeah. number four. Story, story number five. I'm sorry. Story number five. <laughs> that sorry. was perfect. Um, Jets running back, Chris Johnson, is arrested in Orlando Friday um, in charge with open... Carrying of a weapon, according to the Orlando Police Department in Orange County Clerk of Courts records. So, according to police, Johnson was pulled over on a traffic stop after failing to stop at a stop sign. Um, when the officer approached Johnson's vehicle, police said he saw the handle of a firearm between the running back's feet. Although a source confirmed that Johnson is licensed to carry the weapon, that it is registered, it was deemed an open firearm because it wasn't locked up. Um, according to other reports, which cited someone close to Johnson, the running back granted permission to search his car, and that's when the officer found the firearm underneath a book bag 
that have been placed under the seat. Um, so per Florida statutes, it is unlawful for any person to openly carry on or about his or her person any firearm or electric weapon or device. If he or she is not licensed to carry a concealed firearm, it is classified as a second-degree misdemeanor. Why not just be have get your concealed carry? God. I know. Um, it could so be so spoke, easily avoided. It doesn't sound like he was doing anything really bad. Yeah, he was just carrying it, and he didn't stop at a stop sign. So the Jets have made a slight statement. They just said that we are aware, and we have no comment at this time, as this is a pending legal matter. Um, Johnson, who's 29, actually signed a two-year, $8 million deal with the Jets before the 2014 season. Um, so it be interesting to kind of watch this and see what happens. But his mugshot is not attractive. No? Is he usually a good-looking guy? Or no, no. Okay. NFL running backs and their longevity and and everything that goes into an NFL running back's lifestyle, to me, is is very interesting. You see guys like Marshawn Lynch? And sorry to sabotage your... Beast mode. Beast mode. Marshawn Lynch. Skittles. He's developed his persona. Um, but he refuses to address questions in the in the press conference. What do you guys think about that? I think it's funny. I have no problem with it. I mean, I, I don't think it's yeah, I don't think it's good for Marshawn Lynch in the long run. No, I think no. developing a even if he doesn't sound good, I think a lot of it has to do with the, the he 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 kind of is known for being he and I've seen interviews with him where he says many people think of him as being a thug and and he doesn't like to talk on the air. And I think that, in my personal opinion, I think that has something to do with why he doesn't release other than a statement like, I'm very grateful for this opportunity. He, he just gives that answer to every single question someone gives him. Just says, I'm thankful. I'm thankful. And that's okay. That's not a bad message. But it, it does make storylines. We are talking about it. Hey, uh, but in all reality, you know, is it really any different than what Cal does? No, Cal's just a little more subtle about it. Cal just, you ask Cal, Cal a question, he's just going to give, he's going to talk about whatever he wants to talk about, may or may not actually answer the question, right? Rick does it, everybody, yeah, yeah. Bill, I mean, people do it, they do it in a little more subtle approach. Right. So, you know, this is probably not making this statement, but you know, I, the guy wants to be left alone, he's got an obligation by the league to be available to the media, doesn't necessarily say what he has to say, and this is a good way of kind of drawing his line in the sand, right? Sure. So we have the five Ashley's Loco Cinco stories. I'm going to have to vote for Robert Conrad, the former Miami Dolphins fullback, swimming nine miles to shore to save his own life. I mean, that is impressive. I love boxing. I love the Andre Ward signing with Rock Nation story, uh, uh, all that. But gosh, that guy, good for him. Um, For some reason, stuff like that's really intriguing to me. Uh, I'll go with Michael Sam because of oh, how much that means for male athletes okay. that are homosexual. I think the that's the ta- story I was going to pick, just because I feel like everything that we've talked about Michael Sam in the last year, for the most part, has ended with a negative. So I am happy to see something positive. And the picture that was posted of the two of them, they looked really, really happy. So that's what I was picking. Do you foresee a situation ten years from now, twenty twenty five? where there are a consistent percentage of professional male athletes, what percentage of the population overall is 10%. homosexual? 10% is what they say. Okay. 
do you foresee a, a scenario where among men, because among women's a whole different topic in my eyes, among men, it hovers about that same percentage, or even a little below or a little above, some people, some where people, people admit to being homosexual. Some people uh, say that they think it's probably higher. Yeah, I've heard that also, yeah. yeah. Do, you, do you ever foresee a scenario where we have, as a society, accepted it that much, that even the most macho of men, the NFL football players, the Richie Incognitos, and just the guys inside there in the trenches, the big, strong guys, where they, they are accepting of someone coming out of the closet, and they're, they're okay with them being on their team. I mean, imagine if a superstar were homosexual. I don't think they'd have a choice. What do you mean? Because I think um, what I see in the movement for fairness is massive. And I think that the way that these guys are being crucified in the media with the domestic violence stuff, it's mostly because the media, not the media, but people via social media are speaking out about it. Um, I think something similar would be going on if it were... 10 years from now in a situation where someone that was openly homosexual was being profiled or treated a certain type of way. I think that um, the nature of the world is trending towards acceptance of being who you are. No no question about that. I don't see that being an issue. We've got the NFL playoffs to talk about in, in further detail. We've got... Upcoming Louisville and Kentucky basketball games. We've got the hell. We have barely even touched on the college football national championship game, which will be played tomorrow between Ohio State, huge fan base of Ohio State representing the Midwest, and Oregon really representing the West. Um, so a, a great matchup, in my opinion, in the inaugural year of the BCS 14 playoff. I think it's worked out great as a whole. From an outsider, I'm a Cards fan. I think looking at it from a distance, it's worked out well. And we've all come together, and we've kept the SEC out of it. And I think it's what? great, and it's good for everything. We're going to head to a break. <laughs> I like how he did that right We're going to head to a break. We encur- undefeated. We, we encourage everyone to stay tuned. We will be back with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz. I am Kelly Patrick, alongside my partners in crime, both Mike Gandolfo and the lovely Ashley Miller, coming at you as we do every Sunday from 10 until noon, here on 1450 WXVW. 1450 is the only locally owned sports radio station in the city of Louisville. And if you've tuned in today, what you have been privy to, as is every Sunday, is uncensored sports talk. We're not out here cussing. We don't say anything we're legally not allowed to say. But would you guys agree that we, we, we take a different approach to sports radio, a little bit more organic, and we are not... We're not canned. <clears throat> we're not. You're, you're a Kentucky fan. I am. Boo. Boo. Ashley, you're a Louisville fan. And we, we say what Good we want. Chelsea. So if something comes up, we can talk about it unbiasedly. 502-384-1450 is the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln buzz line. But in all seriousness, the fact that we are the only locally owned sports radio station in the city, we are providing you great content during the week. Um, you know, Mike and Mike in the morning, Dan Patrick, Jim, Jim Rome. Rome. Jim Rome, great content. We've got the weekend show here to wrap everything up. It's just good stuff here on 1450 in a very competitive market, which is ever expanding here in the Louisville, Southern Indiana area. It's growing still. We will continue to be here providing you with that organic talk. We'll let someone like Hink go on if he wants to take shots at Louisville players or me. I actually or straight at Ashley. Then we'll let it. We'll let him get in on it. But Hink was 
did bring up some good points today. I mean, if you cut through the stuff he was talking about, he, he brought up some good points today. So, um, Going into a little bit of college football stuff, we actually uh, got to mention that the College Football Hall of Fame was announced yesterday. Who's on that list? There was a Kentucky player on that list. Kentucky defensive lineman Art Still, who is the brother of Valerie Still. Valerie Still is, is that the, what Art Still is going to be known? As? No, Art Still no. is a Hall of Famer, isn't Art he? Still, yeah, but he's now he just made the College Football Hall of Fame. Oh, okay. And then, but who's Val? Wait a second, I'm not trying to. Valerie Still, I'm not trying to crap on your point. No, seriously, who, who's that? Valerie Still? It's she is the all-time leading scorer at the University of Kentucky basketball, men or women. Wow. Oh, that so that's a pretty uh, athletic family there. Okay, sorry to interrupt. We're going to head to the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line. We got our <laughs> sorry. You can discuss it with Brandon Lawrence. I got to take someone else here. Real no, quick. we'll take Brandon Lawrence. All right. all right, Brandon J. Lawrence on the line with us. How you doing this morning, Brandon? Hey, what's up, Kelly? It's a great day, man. Great day to be a cowboy. Uh oh. Uh oh. Ready? You think they're gonna be able to go? Up, man? They're gonna be able to go up the Lambo and get it done. Hey, Mike, I think so, man. I just got a feeling. I woke up this morning. I went to church. I went to Sunday school, <laughs> and I uh, read a couple Bible verses. And uh, hey, God is good. God loves the Cowboys, man. So, because you you put some special, did you do a peace offering or anything? Did you make some sort of offering a to the peace offer? Yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, no, I just you know I paid my tithe. That's about it. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So uh, it's <laughs> gonna be interesting. It'll be interesting because man, that, that Green Bay is a totally different team at home. You know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, hey, it's what what do they say? Uh, Green Bay's eight no at home. Cowboys eight no on the road. Somebody's right. O's got to go. Yep. It'll be really interesting. So. Yeah, man. It'll be a huge monkey off but, uh, Lambo's back if he can get this one done today. I mean, I think this is a kind of win that would really kind of help Romo's playoff stature. Define him as far as, in terms of his legitimacy as a superstar elite quarterback. Yeah. Right. If Romo wins today, Brandon, how foolish will so many pundits look? Well, you know, I don't, you know, his, I don't think, people don't think, they don't say that Romo's not good. They just say, like you said, they just he hadn't been taking the team over the hump. Um, I mean, I think they'll look. Everybody, was, everybody will be like, "Oh, well, we told you that he was good." You know, they don't, they won't really admit that they've been dogging him all the time. But I think that um, if, if he if he wins today, he's uh, he's a legitimate elite quarterback in the league, no question about it. I agree. Yeah, no question about it. He's proved it this year with the emergence of DeMarco Murray. Sure, he needs a good running back, but a lot of guys do. I mean, there are fewer, very few guys who can go out there and do what Andrew Luck did last week without a rushing attack. Tony Romo, he's not Peyton Manning. He's not Tom Brady. I'll say he's not Andrew Luck, but he is certainly a top 10 legitimate quarterback in the NFL, and that Cowboys team seems like they're possibly on the verge of making some serious noise. I'm picking them to win today, Brandon. Hey man, I, I'm glad about that, man. I, I gotta not, go that's with That's not you, good Kelly. for your team. That's not we good got, for your team. We got Kelly Patrick. Huh? That's not good, that's for, not good for your team if Kelly picks him to win. I just want to let you <laughs> just want to put that out there. <laughs> well, hey man, Kelly, Kelly, I'm gonna tell you, Kelly gives his he gives his honest honest uh his honest perspective. He said uh, he says that. What's his name? Andy Dalton's bad. He likes Romo, so I, I take his honesty. Okay. Sure. Yeah, I have been very, very, um, 
very low on Andy Dalton, and I picked the Bengals to lose last week despite being a Bengals fan my whole life, and they did lose. And Yeah, so I, I appreciate that, Brandon. Before we let you go, Brandon, who is your pick for winning the national championship tomorrow? You got to go with the hot hand. I, what's the guy's name? Cornell Jones. Yeah, or whatever. Cornell Jones. I, I, I got to go. Got to go with uh, Ohio State, man. Ohio State's going to pull the upset. They've had a week to look at Oregon's uh, whatever they they call it uh, that basketball on on the football field. They've had a week to look at it, and I think that they can stop them. All right, Brandon, well, we appreciate you calling in, Brandon. We look forward to hearing from you next Sunday. Have a great rest of your weekend. Thank you. All right, man. Go Cats. All man. right, like it. We have no had uh, no Louisville callers today. I guess, well, Brian the Insider, kind of. Yeah, Brian, Brian O'Brien. More Kentucky callers than Louisville callers. You're right. And now we have someone who is neither. Oxmoor, Ford, Lincoln, Buzzline, 502-384-1450. we got Carolina Steve on the line with us. How are you doing this morning, Carolina? Nothing much, but Ashley brought up a subject about a running back who is from my favorite school and a, uh, what to me is an infringement on the second amendment. But Kelly, as you know from my post on uh, Facebook, I'm a strong believer in the second amendment of the Constitution. Yes, yeah, and, and, and as I said earlier, Carolina, it didn't sound to me like Chris Johnson was – there was no reports of him drinking or using drugs. Or he ran a stop sign and he had a gun. He wasn't firing anything into the air. He wasn't shooting anyone. So I, that's a, you can take a political stance on that and say he wasn't doing anything wrong. Why? Why was he get? Why is he getting in all this trouble? Well, he needs to do what I've done. I have a uh, concealed carry permit for here in the state of Indiana, and I have an out-of-state uh, non-residence license for the state of Utah that allows me to carry in 32 states. There you go. Is Utah the only one that issues that? Is that why you want to issue Utah to do that? Excuse me? Is Utah the only state that will issue a, state, a, a, a license like that? Why did you go to Utah, I guess my question is, to do that? No, actually, I took it through a place here that uh, the uh, instructors went to Utah and took the te- uh took the course to become the instructors. Got it. And it is something that uh, that is very, very good. Uh, I, I like it because uh, I can go now to certain states that I travel through. I can carry I can carry them with me, and uh, 